Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. But uh, yeah, I've known Sean since uh, we met each other in second grade. Isn't that weird? Now we're both preachers? That's weird. That's like Peter, John, and James like fishing together, and then they both they all become apostles. That's weird. Like God just kind of sets you up, you know what I'm saying? And so Sean was actually there when I gave my life. He was there the moment I gave my life to Jesus. Like I had just overdosed on drugs on my prom night. I ended up in the hospital, and then my friend uh, brought me to her to meet her pastor, and she's like, oh, I got to pick up Sean first. And so Sean was in the car. I was still kind of tripping in the back seat. Remember that? And they brought me to the church, and uh, it, was, it was this little church uh, in downtown San Jose, and the pastor shared the gospel with me. And at the end, he's like, do you want to receive Jesus? And it was weird. A part of me was like, no, I don't want to do this. Christians are weird. They listen to weird music. I don't want to do this. Right? It was the early 90s, right? Remember the music we used to listen to? Back? Remember Carmen? <laughs> right? <It> was... <laughs> I love Carmen. <laughs> He's anointed. Anyways, they listened to weird. And I remember on the way there, on the way to the church, my friend was playing this music. And I was like, what are you listening? Because the music was annoying me. Sitting in the back of the car, I'm like, what are you listening to? And he's like, oh, it's, this is Keith Green. It's, it's, it's Christian. And I was like, oh, that was so, it's so lame. And I get to the church. I gave my life to Jesus after the pastor shares the gospel with me. Then right afterwards, there's like maybe like five people just hanging around. They're like, hey, everybody, let's come around. Let's, let's lay hands on this guy. You know, he's on, he was on drugs, and he's trying to get off drugs. And like five people I don't even know, they, I, don't, I didn't grow up in church. They just touched me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is, it's weird when you don't know this stuff. They just, they're all touching me, and all, I'm on my knees. And all of a sudden, they all started shouting in languages I've never heard before. <laughs> spit is flying. Like, I'm getting spit on. And then I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this yet. <laughs> but when they were done spitting on me, I was baptized. When they were done spitting on me, it, I felt different. I was like, whoa, what is this? I don't know what this is. And, and I remember getting back into the car, and here's how I knew I was different. That, that lame music that before was super lame, all of a sudden was the most beautiful music I ever heard. I was like, oh, Keith Green, who is this guy? Like, he's singing my heart, my soul music. I knew I was getting tired and somehow, right? He's singing, like, he, it was like spiritual vibrations coming out the speakers and just touching. I was like, what's going on here? And I knew something was different. And I, I was born again, and Sean, Sean was there to witness the whole thing. And uh, uh, back then, it was different. You know, at that age, all we did was skate and go to church. That's all we did. We skated, and we went to church. Now, uh, it's raise our kids and go to church. It's the same, except now it's not, no more skating. Just raise your kids. <laughs> skate once a year and go to church. Anyways, real quick, uh, can you stand up, Rosanna? This is my beautiful wife, Rosanna. <laughs> so uh, she married me. <laughs> and uh, we, were, we were actually friends for 15 years 
we had known each other uh, for a long time since we were teenagers. And uh, it, it was the type of deal where, hey, if we're in our 30s, if we're not married, let's just marry each other. <laughs> and so that happened. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't like that. <laughs> but when we were still friends at one point, I remember we were hanging out. And uh, this was right before we fell in love. I think she was already in love with me. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't there yet. <laughs> but I remember I, I told her, you know what, one day, because, you know, I was like 34 years old at the time. I got married at 35. I told her, and when you're a 35 single man, you think about, you know, things. I said, one day when I have a child, I want to have a little girl, and I want to name her Jubilee. I just like that name. Like, I want to name her Jubilee. And Rosanna turned around and was like, what? She goes, I was just praying to God, and I told God that when I have a daughter, I'm going to name her Jubilee. And I was like, nice try, nice try. <laughs> It worked, and uh, Jubilee's actually in the children's church right now. With Judah, with Judah, too. We had a Judah, too. Um, please turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 18. So all I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to read some scriptures, I'm going to talk, and I'm going to tell some stories. And my wife was like, when you tell the stories, can you make them funny? Because I, I used to do a lot of youth ministry, and when I tell the stories, I would, you know, you got to be funny for the kids. And uh, then I would preach to adults, I'd tell the same stories, and my wife was like, that was boring, be funny. And I'm like, okay, I'll try. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, let's just read some scriptures. We're talking about soul music, soul music. And so Ephesians 5, starting verse 18, and we're going to read verse 18 and 19. <clears throat> And this is what it says. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Now, let's just stop there and let me read that again. <laughs> I know I'm just a visitor. I'm not your pastor. But let me just read that again real slow. Don't be drunk with wine. It's in the Bible. Let me just say that one more time. <laughs> For you L.A. Christians, <laughs> don't be drunk with wine. Well, well, Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah, he did. He did. They drank wine. Yes, they did. Well, Paul the Apostle told Timothy to drink a little bit of wine for your stomach. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> for your stomach. It's cool. I have a glass of wine once in a while. I'll have a margarita. I love margarita. I don't drink like, like, I can't drink that. I like the soft stuff, the sweet stuff. But I just have this, I, I have this thing. My, my, for me, is one and I'm done. Sometimes three. But don't be drunk with wine. I know we're in California. Let me change it up a little bit. Don't get high on weed. Is it okay if I say that? Is it okay? Hmm. I love being a preacher. All right, let's go on. Don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit instead. Can I tell you, being, there's one thing about being under the influence of drugs and one thing being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Both will make you do crazy things. <laughs> but one won't kill your brain cells and ruin your life. One will alter the, they both will alter the way you think. 
Amen? Drugs have changed the way you think and the way you behave. You do crazy things you never thought you'd ever do. The Holy Spirit will change the way you think, the way you behave. You'll do crazy things you never thought you'd ever do. Right? But good things, right? Amen. Healing things, right? Positive things. Amen? One will ruin your life. One will get your life back together. Be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Woo. So the Bible here says singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let's break that up real quick. That word psalms, it can literally mean the psalms, the songs that are in the Bible. When I looked it up in the Greek, I don't remember the Greek word. I didn't study Greek, but I do have a Logos Bible software you don't need to take greek and hebrew just spend like a thousand bucks logos bible software bam i love it and so that word psalms literally it means to pluck an instrument so, so using the instruments and then singing with the instruments and then hymns hymns doesn't mean an old hymn book and those those songs are awesome and it's cool you bring them back once in a while and make them modern right but, but it literally means a song written for God. That's what it means. A song written for God. I know, and I know a lot of people, oh, they, don't sing no hymn, they don't sing hymns. And there's, with all, blah. The Bible says to sing a new song. Come on. The Bible says to sing a new song. Like, I, like online, there's, on Facebook, they always have articles right and I, I don't they always have these I, I get these articles and it's always these people complaining about modern worship and complaining oh my gosh don't even get me just complaining and I like, dude stop complaining and just worship the Lord and then the last one is spiritual songs that spirit uh, uh, it's what's a spiritual song it, it's it's a prophetic song it's a it's a it's a spontaneous song it's a song from heaven it's a song from the spirit realm a song from a song from a different realm just spontaneously a prophetic song going forth and so we sing songs a psalm songs of the bible or songs with the instrument we sing hymns songs written by by men, right, we, or, or by women, we sing by worship teams, we sing these songs, but then we got to sing the spiritual songs, amen? amen? Making music to the Lord, where? Where do we make music to the Lord? In our hearts. In our hearts. And here's, here, there's something about worship and even prayer. How many of you guys know that prayer is not a poetry contest? It's not who sounds the best when they pray or who can quote the scripture the best when you pray. It's not a poetry contest. Can I tell you there's times when I pray I misquote scripture? Anyone ever misquote? And like, then you get, all, you get all nervous. Your hands get all sweaty. You're holding hands, right? Or you stutter. When you pray, you start stuttering. Like, Ugh. Right? Anyone? But God don't care about that. Why? Because where do, where, where do prayers and where does worship come from? In fact, can I tell you that the, the, the words spoken are just carriers of substance, spiritual substance of what's in here? You can say, two people can say the same exact words and mean totally different things. It's what, what's the substance in the words? You can be like, oh, God bless you. Or you can be like, God bless you. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I've done that. I tried. I tried to do the right thing. You got to bless those that curse you. Bless you. 
<laughs> but the, you, it's, your words carry the substance of your heart. And so when we worship God, it's not the flowery words. And, and also it's not how good, well, I can't sing that great. Yeah, I, you don't have to sing good to worship good. Amen? What's in here? Let that out. What, I, I trip, you know, because music. What, what is music? I don't even know. Like, what is it? Like, it's just us speaking, but, oh, you know, like different. Like, with melody and rhyme, like, oh, like, what is music? I don't even know, but I do know it's one of the best ways to express yourself, right? That's why young girls, I say young girls, whenever they, you know, when they have that list, I want him to be tall. I want him to love Jesus. And I want him to play guitar. Always on that list. I want him to play, I want to, or I want him to play guitar. Love Jesus, play guitar. <laughs> How many girls in here? You had guitar was on your list. Guitar. I want him to be. I want him to be taller than me when I'm in my heels. Right. My wife had that on her list. Tall. Two things. My wife wanted a man of God. And then my wife wanted taller when. I'm in my heels. But God didn't give her what she wanted. God gave her what she needed. A short little, a short little chubby little man that can't grow a beard, a short little Vietnamese little. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm sorry, guys. God will give you what you need. Guitar, I want him to play guitar. Why? Because worship carries what's in our heart, amen? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. How do you get, how do you get saved? You believe in your heart, you confess with your, it's the substance. It's what's in, inside. That's what worship is. Well, I can't sing well, then worship well. Don't, you don't have to say worship well. Oh, let that out. Release that. Let it out. God is searching for someone who's just going to release. No holds barred. Religion and the spirit of religion wants you not to worship, wants you to not dance, wants you to just kind of oh, just be quiet. Leave the dancing for the club. No, dance. God wants the church to be musical. God wants the church to be full of rejoicing. The church should be full of dancing. Amen. I love it. I love it when I, I I'm not a great dancer. I, I can worship well. I just do this. You know, I just, it's funny. but man, I love it when I see young people up front and they're like, oh, I don't know. I can't do it. In, in, our, in our home church in San Jose, there's this young Asian kid up front, and he must have been a B-boy or something. He's up front. He's, like, doing all these moves. I'm like, whoa. That's all. I love it. Amen? Please turn to me to uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 22, verse 3. It says, but you are holy 
enthroned in the praises of Israel. There's another translation that says that he inhabits the praises of Israel. And once again, you know, I, I don't just throw scriptures together. I, I like to study the scriptures. And I, I went online. I Googled this scripture. And I went online. I, I, I read some articles about it because I want to study. I want to know what I'm saying here to you guys. And all these articles came up that I read these articles. And they're like, well, God doesn't actually come and inhabit the praises. Like, this is a wrong translation. God doesn't come when you, like, it doesn't create something. And I was like, really? I've been believing wrong all these years? I've been preaching a false gospel all these years. And so what I did was I went to the Bible and I pulled out my Logos Bible study software. <laughs> they should be giving me money. I pulled out my Logos Bible study software. I went straight to the Greek or to the Hebrew. And I looked up the word. And I looked up the word for praises. And it's the word tahila, Right? Tahila, right? And it's, it says, Tehillah represents words or song by which God is publicly lauded or by which his glory is publicly declared. Tehillah. Everybody say, Tehillah. Right? And then I looked up the word enthroned. And it's funny because it doesn't, when I looked it up, it doesn't even say enthroned in the original Hebrew. It means to dwell, to sit, to abide, to inhabit, and to remain. Uh. So when we praise him, we create an atmosphere. We literally, the substance of your heart, your worship and your praise leaves your mouth and it creates something in the atmosphere that God can just come down and abide. I love the translation here. The Message Bible actually says, leaning back on the cushions of our praise. Everybody say, lean back, God. We create cushions. We create an atmosphere where God can come in. And can I tell you what L.A. needs is an atmosphere. Amen? What, what, what L.A. needs is an atmosphere where God is there. Amen? And I... It's not just the smoke machines and all the trendy cool stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm not against smoke machines. I'm not, I'm not against, I'm not the type of, you can't have smoke machines, you can't have lights. That's not me. But I'm saying you got to have something more, amen? You, you want to know what made the Ark of the Covenant awesome? Because it was, you know that when the Ark of the Covenant was made, the Holy Spirit came upon men and women of God to, to do art, Right to do crafts and arts, and they, they took the acacia wood, they took the gold, and they made, they crafted the art. But you, know, and it looked good, and God's into that. God's into presentation. I think we should have a great presentation. But you want to know what made the ark? The ark, it was the presence inside of it. Amen. You know what LA needs? LA needs to be ministered to. LA needs to be ministered to. The anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Man, people are going to step into here crazy. 
worship's going to happen. You're going to start worshiping God. Boom, their mind's going to come back to them. Amen. You're going to have a word for them. They're going to come up all crazy. They're going to leave sane. Amen. People need to be ministered to. Amen. It doesn't matter what kind of package it is. Make it look cool. Make it look hip, whatever, right? But it's that anointing that destroys the yoke. Not the hipness of the church. I'm sitting here with tattoos. Not the hipness. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be hip. I just am. Tehillah. Let me read this. Psalm 96, verse 4. I'm going to read this real quick. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Your worship needs to match the greatness of God. How hard should we worship? Well, how great is God? Right? How hard should I dance? Well, how great is God? Dance that hard. Your carpet's going to be all messed up. <laughs> your, the, the offering that we give the Lord should be worthy of him. Amen. Your worship and your praise is not based on your understanding of your circumstance. It's not based on your understanding of what you're going through in life. It's based on the understanding of one thing, that my God is good. And that is why I praise him. My situation might not be too good right now. My bank account might not be too good right now. My relationship might not be too good right now. But my God is always good. Amen? Always good. Remember the... How much time? Okay. Remember when, when Moses was on the mountain and Moses told God, God, show me your glory. Remember that? And the, the God's glory is what makes him, it's his, what makes him good. It's all of him. It's his glory. It's what makes him heavy. It's why we should fear him. And this is what God says. I, I didn't have this in my notes, so I'm going to try to off. My, God said, when Moses said, show me your glory, God says, I will make my goodness pass in front of you. Right? Is that what he said? Is that what the Bible says? When, when Moses, like, show me what makes you awesome, my goodness will pass before you. Remember that? When God is like, you know what? No one can look at me because anyone who looks at me, they'll die. So I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to cover you like this, and I'm going to come by real quick, and then I'm going to lift my hand real quick, and with, with your peripheral vision, you're going to see me, like, real quick because I'm too much. Right? Remember that? He says, I'll make my goodness pass before you. And then I think it says this. I will have mercy on whom I have, I'll have mercy, and I'll show kindness on whom I'll show kindness. Is that what the Bible says there? Is that what it come up? I th I'm thinking that's what it says. And it's weird. Like, show me your glory. He goes, I'll make my goodness pass before you. I will have mercy on who I will have mercy. I'll show kindness on who I will show kindness. Meaning, I'll be kind on who I want to be kind. Not who you think I should be kind to. I'll save Kanye West. Not who you think I should use and save, amen? My friend, the other day, he's like, what worship have you been listening to lately? Like, who are you, like, Bethel? Jesus, who have you been listening to? I've been like, Kanye. 
I've been listening to Kanye. <laughs> I've been like, oh, you're my chick fil <laughs> I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. What is it? It's the glory of God. It's his goodness, right? And I used to think, oh, no one can see God because he'll die because he's so horrible. No, he's so good. It's too much goodness. Your body can't handle it. You're you're not dying because he's so fierce, like fire is going to consume you. You're dying because he's so good. You can't handle that much goodness. You'll die with a smile. (laughs) I want to go out like that. All right, God, I'm ready. He shows up. I'm like, ah. That's how I want to die. It's because he's good. And that's why we worship him. When it's tough, we worship him. Why? Because he's good. Amen. Remember those uh, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8? Remember those, those weird animals, the four living creatures? Each having six wings were full of eyes abound around and within. The Bible says they do not rest day or night saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And that's all they do. These, these, these six animals, all they do is they're before God and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's all they do. Holy, that's all they hold over and over and over again for all of eternity. That's all they do. And I used to think, I used to read that. I thought, how, what an existence. What a weird existence. Don't they do anything else? No, that's all they do. But can I tell you, that's all they can do because they're before God. And here's the thing about the goodness of God. God is so big. He is, there's so much goodness to God, it never runs out. And holy, holy, holy. Oh, and God's, oh, yeah, check this out. And, and the, holy, holy, holy. And right when you think that God is, oh, yeah, but watch this, bam. And they're like, holy, holy, holy. They can't help it. It doesn't end. And because watch this. It, it says, who was? He was good. Who is? He is good. And for, for uh, and is to come. He's going to be good. He was good. He is good. He's going to be good. This is God. I remember uh, someone asked me one time, they're like, you know, church, it's always the same thing. Right? It's, there's worship in the beginning. There's announcements. There's prayer, maybe an altar call. Uh, and then it, it, a, a sermon, and then it ends. It's the same thing. Doesn't, doesn't it just, you know, become repetitive? Well, you know, eating is always the same thing, right? You show up, you have your salad, you got your food, right? You get your drink, you get your desserts, but you keep doing it, right? It depends who's serving it, right? It depends who's serving it, right? You still, you keep coming back. Can I tell you, God is so good even though, okay, there's announcements, there's words, there's, every time, it's good. Who, who was and is and is to come. Every service, who was and is and is to come. Amen. The last portion of scripture we're going to read is Acts chapter 16. We're going to read this, and then I'm going to tell a little story, and then we will end. Acts chapter 16, verse 20. Remember the story where Paul and Silas, 
were arrested. I'm going to turn there in my Bible real quick, read it from my Bible instead of my computer. Sometimes I get scared that because it's on my computer that I actually delete it. Have you ever done that? Like you got up to preach and your notes were deleted? It's happened to me like three times. So what happens here is uh, Paul and Silas, they're traveling through, I think it's Macedonia, Philippi, and there was this little girl, and she had a demon, and they cast the demon out of her, and the demon used to do fortune telling to make her, she was a slave girl, make her master's money, and so they got mad at Paul and Silas. Now, can I, let me ask you, did Paul and Silas do the right thing when they cast a demon out of a person? How many of you guys know that that's the right thing? If there's a demon in someone, the wrong thing is to run away. The right thing is to cast it out and set them free. Amen? All right? And so they did the right thing. And sometimes when you do the right things, wrong things will happen to you. This is called life. Well, God, I did the right thing, and now it's worse. Right? And don't ever do the right thing and it got worse. Well, what happens here is in verse 20, and they, were br- they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or to observe. Then the multitude rose up to gather against them And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. So, first of all, they took them and they started talking against them. Now, I don't know about you, but when people talk about me, it hurts my feelings, right? It's not easy. It's not not easy. I know the hard part is getting beaten by rods, but let's just start with people talking about you. Like, that's, like, you're like, ugh. You ever feel that when people are just talking smack? Or maybe you did, they start, ugh, you're like, it doesn't feel good, right? Then they were beaten with rods. They, they, then they were stripped of their clothes and beaten with rods. And when they, lay, they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So first of all, they were beaten with rods so much that they were bleeding. Well, first of all, no, they were talked bad about. Their feelings were hurt. They were beaten with rods so much that they were bleeding. And then they were put in the inner prison, which is like not just the prison, but the part of the prison that's kind of slimy and gross and wet and smells like caca. (laughs) And they put their feet in stocks, right? Bible says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them at midnight. Midnight, what is it? That's the darkest hour. That's the hard time. When, when did they pray? When did they sing songs to God? When? When it didn't feel good. When you're in the dirty caca prison. 
When you're in the, the, the Bible says the, in the inner prison. How many guys here, you deal with inner prisons? I'm talking about in the mind, right? Inner prisons of anxiety, inner prisons of depression. Inner prison, when you're in the inner prison, when you're not understanding your circumstance, when you did the right thing, but the wrong thing happened back to you. When you reaped, when you sowed something, but you reaped something else. And you didn't understand your situation. How many guys know that when you don't understand your situation, you can still understand this, that your God is good. And he is worthy of praise. Now, let me tell you, God, he's a miracle worker. You guys sing this song here? I love that song. He's a miracle worker. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He, he is a good God. He will answer your prayers. He will meet your needs. Amen? But can I tell you, if all he did for me was die on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead so that I can be forgiven of all of my sins and be with God. If he just did that one thing and did nothing else, that's enough. I'll still pray. If that's all he did in the rest of my life, he didn't do one other thing for me, that is enough. But he did, he's doing other stuff. Don't worry about it. He's doing it. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So the, the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Not only their chains were loosed, but everyone's chains were loose. You know, maybe you got this strain. You, you know, you're going through a hard time, but you know God's good. And so you're going to praise him with all that you have. But can I tell you, there might be someone sitting next to you or sitting in the back of the church. They don't got that strength yet. They don't have that revelation yet. But all they did was show up. They will be set free because you praise God. Because God is leaning uh, on the cushions of your praise. Amen. They're going to get set free. Come on. Someone's, someone walked into church that morning and they, they, they had no strength. The only strength they got was to roll out of bed, not even shower and drive to church, drag themselves in the back. Don't want to talk to anyone and just sit there. But because you're praising, they're going to leave different. Amen. They didn't have the strength, but you got that strength. You got that strength, and you, you begin to, you knew that God, God, you begin to proclaim his goodness. And then they got to experience his goodness. Amen? Everyone's chains were loose. The, immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoner had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And right before, to make a long story short, right before he killed himself, Paul was like, don't kill yourself. We're still here. And the prisoner, the guard was like, oh, and took him out, uh, washed his wounds. And then the prisoner and his whole, or the, the guard and his whole family got saved, and they started the Philippian church. All because Paul was like, you know what? I got beaten by rods. I'm in a cock dungeon. I'm bleeding. I might get an infection up in here. Let's worship God. Let's just worship him. 
Amen? Amen. What time is it? So I'm going to tell you guys a story, and then we'll end. About 20 years ago, almost 20 years, yeah, about 20 years ago, I was a missionary in Vietnam. I'll tell it funny, okay? My wife's like, tell it funny. I was a missionary in Vietnam, and uh, if you guys know anything about Vietnam, it's a communist country, right? My, before I went to Vietnam, like, my parents fled Vietnam in the 70s, and they're like, don't, my mom was like, don't go back, and I'm like, I have to go, mother. I'm doing it for Jesus. And so I went to Vietnam, and every Christmas, what happens is the, the, the Christians from the city, they do these missions trips, and they go to, like, the, like the, they go into the jungle, they go into the jungle. Like, you guys have, you know, watched those Vietnam. They go into the, the jungle. And, like, we want to take you with us. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I didn't know anything. I'm like, sure, yeah. And so they took us. They, we rode hours into the jungle on the back of a motorbike. We rode hours into the jungle. And what we did was we went from village to village. And what they didn't tell me was every year the police know they're coming. And so it's a, it's a game of cat and mouse. They don't know what villages they'll be at first, but they just go from village to village and hoping that the police don't show up at that village. They didn't tell me that. And so, and so I was having kind of a hard time in my flesh. I wasn't feeling good. I was, I was like, we were like camping out and we were in the jungle and we're, it was villages, like huts. It wasn't, you know, and I was, I didn't feel like being there. I was like, oh. I, there was something on me. I don't know what it was. And I remember sitting there at this one village, and they're like, these children will now dance for you. I'm like, okay. And these kids came out, and they started doing this dance. I can't do the dance. They started, but it was their tribal dance. These little kids started doing this tribal dance. And it was weird, because as, as I was watching these dances, the Holy Spirit began to minister to me through the way that they danced. Like, like when I was sitting there, I was grumpy, I was fleshly, I was hot, I didn't want to be there, but as they began to dance, these things began to break off of me, and all of a sudden, this peace just filled me. Their dance ministered to me, and I was sitting here just kind of, ah, oh, in all of these little kids dancing, when the pastor that I was with, he was the only city pastor that I was with, he came up to me, he's like, get on the motorbike right now, the police are coming. I'm like, okay, so I got on the back of the motorbike, and I hung on to your life, and we were chased by the cops through the jungle, like, like through these paths in the jungle. I remember we took this one corner really fast, and we just spilled. We fell off the mo- rolled the pastor, like, get back on, get back on. I ran, I got back on, <laughs> and we took off. Finally, we, we lost them. We outran the cops. And so we get to this village in the middle of nowhere, and there was this one hut, and we all went inside the hut. And when we got inside the hut, uh, the pastor was like, oh, go, go to bed. I'm like, okay. So I went to this one room, and then all of a sudden I hear the police. They had arrived. And I can hear them. I speak a little bit of Vietnamese, so I can kind of understand a little bit. The, I was with one Vietnamese pastor and six other pastors that weren't Vietnamese. They were tribal pastors of the area. So they didn't even... They, they spoke a completely different language. And so these pastors, I can hear the police saying, where's the rest of them? And they're like, how do you know there's more? And this is how they knew there was more. Because there were eight people in the house. Oh, they had caught six of us, but there were eight pairs of flip-flops in the front. 
I see eight flip-flops. There are two, or eight pairs of flip-flops. There's two more. Man, when you're Asian and running from the cops, man, take your flip-flops. <laughs> and so they eventually, they, we were hiding in this back room. They caught us. They took us, and uh, they brought us to the police station. And I remember thinking, what? What's happening? Like, I'm getting arrested for this? For something good? And they took us to this police station. We stayed all night, and they locked us into the room. The next day, they took us out. They put us in this other room. And I'm, I, I can only talk to one pastor. He's the only one that spoke English. And he was like, in his broken English, he told me, if they ask you anything, tell them you're on vacation. We are not here for missions. He was scared. He was scared. Because his pastor was in, was in prison for two years. He was like, he was like you are on vacation. He kept on telling me, you're on vacation. And so they knew he was a kind of the ringleader. So they came in, they took him as they, as they were taking him out. He goes, you're on vacation. <laughs> as they were taking him out. I'm like, okay. And so they give me a piece of paper and they're like, write your confession. You know what I wrote? I'm on vacation. <laughs> so we had spent one night in there and it was the next day. And I'm just sitting there just bored out of, because jail is boring. <laughs> I'm sitting there bored out of my mind. It was deep into the next day and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to worship the Lord. Yeah. Paul and Silas, that's how they got out of prison. I'm going to worship the Lord. And so I scooted my chair and I, I worshiped the Lord I said, and I just said, I'm going to do it like how I do in church. And how, how I do in church, I do this. This is my thing. This is my thing. This is my church. And so in, in this jail, I'm doing this. And then this was, you remember Ron Canoli? <laughs> Those are the worship songs I knew. <laughs> Hallelujah. I started singing Ron Canoli songs. Just worshiping God. And, there, and at the same time, there were these, I was with these six other pastors that spoke a completely different language. They're over here just like in the corner just talking. I couldn't even understand. To me, it was like... And, they'd, and I'd be worshiping over here, and they'd look at me, and they'd look at each other, and they'd be like, I'm like, I don't care, I'm just going to worship. And I, you know, they probably, the, the guards were like right outside. They probably thought, you oh, know, we got some crazies. I, I, I just worshiped, and I sang. I lifted my hands. I danced. I worshiped God like how I worship God in church. And then I said, all right, time for, all right, let's pray now. Let's pray. And I remember I got on my knees, and I just began to pray. I said, Lord, please get me out of here. And then I began to pray in other tongues. Like, not quietly. I wasn't like, like I was trying to keep people in church. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to scare the visitor in the back. I began to rah! Like, I began to shakalamas! Like, this is how, like how we learned in school. Like, 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 that's the only way I knew. That's, now, I, now I know how to turn it up and down. But I didn't know. I was just young. I was, like, I was just screaming in tongues, worshiping God. And can I tell you, not one, come on. I, God, I thought you leaned back on the cushion. Where are you? Not one, not one, like, like my, my back hair did not, not one goosebump. Where are you? And these pastors over here are just kind of, they're watching me. We can't communicate. They're just looking at me. 
look at him. And I'm over here just shouting in tongues. And all of a sudden, in the middle of my shakalamaka, in the middle of that, my tongues begin to change. And I started going, and these pastors were over here. They're like, and I'm over here. I'm like, and they're like, what happened was I began to speak to them in their own language that I had never heard before, that I had never learned before, and I didn't even know what I was saying. <laughs> and I didn't even know what they were saying. I was saying. I had to get the interpretation later. Later on, I went, uh, I, I, we were released that night from jail because they're like, they're crazy. Get rid of them. They're crazy. We were released that night, and uh, what happened was, uh, like a week later, this pastor, they, they found this pastor, and they came to him, and they told the pastor, when we were in that jail, he began to speak our language. And the pastor found me. He's like, you spoke their language. And I asked, what did I say? Like, what? What did I say? And the, the pastor said, this is what you, I, didn't, he didn't, I don't remember everything he said, but this is what I remember. He said, you said, you spoke to them, and you said, do not be afraid. Because God is going to pour out his spirit in your province and all over Vietnam. Whoa. I'm like, man, I was praying for me. I was praying for me. Right? Because sometimes we think it's all about us, especially if you're in jail. God, get me out. God, get me out. But can I tell you, you know, God is, he's, he's light. He's the light. And we're called to be the light of the world. What does light do? It shines out. Doesn't, black holes suck light. We don't suck light. That's weird. You know, we're not light suckers. We're light bearers. We shine light. That's what it's about. You know, it's, it's sanctuary. You know what makes sanctuary LA awesome? It's not about sanctuary LA. You know, why I love your pastor. Everything that he does for this church. Oh gosh, I know. I know. Can I tell you? To me, he's not Pastor Sean. I mean, he is Pastor Sean. To me, he's Apostle Sean. Just kidding. Not kidding. Not kidding. What you're doing here, you're, yeah, you're a pastor, but can I, this is an apostolic work. This, this is an apostolic work. And here's the thing I know about Sean and Crystal Gale. It's not about them. They're not trying to become famous. They might become famous. Who knows? But they're not trying to. It's about giving, and it's about shining. Amen? Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.